God wants to just um, make you feel the love and presence that he has for you today. So I'm super excited about this sermon series that we've been doing. Stupid is as stupid does. And uh, kind of a theme off of Forrest Gump, but we're really breaking down the book of Proverbs. Because the book of Proverbs is filled with wisdom, and the opposite of stupid is, is to be wise, right? So we want the people of God to be wise and to be filled with wisdom and understanding and knowledge. So I want to encourage you, get into the book of Proverbs. You know, if you're new to Bible reading, I highly encourage, especially young people, teenagers, highly encourage. If you're like, man, I'm busy, I don't have time, start reading a, a one chapter in Proverbs a day. There's 31 chapters, and so even on those, um, you know, months that there's 31 days, like October, you can read one proverb a day, and you're going to get wisdom from that, and it's going to help you grow. So I just encourage you in that. But let's pray together, okay? If you guys would bow your heads with me. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for how good you are. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing love. We thank you that you created each one of us uniquely. God, that you knitted our bones together in our mother's womb. And God, I know there's a lot going on in the lives of your people. There's people in here who are need in need of comfort. There's people in here who are heavy burdened. There's people in here who are financially um, strapped down, Lord God. There's people in here struggling in their marriages and with their children. But God, you are bigger than every problem. And God, I just pray that you would impart your wisdom on your people today. But wisdom, not just like what Solomon asked for, because he gained the wisdom but did not apply the wisdom to his life. But God, I pray that we would gain the wisdom, but more than just knowledge, that we would apply it to our life. And God, that we would walk on the path that you have designated for us. God, I thank you that the good work you began in us, you will bring into the day of Christ Jesus. God, I thank you that you know every single one of our assignments, and God, that you would help us fulfill it, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you that people today would leave this place encouraged and uplifted, that when the word is preached today, that they would take that word and that they would apply it to their life, Lord God, that that word would separate the flesh man from the spirit man, and that the spirit man would rise up in each and every one of your sons and daughters in this house today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So stupid is as stupid does. And and years ago, um, when I gave my heart fully to the Lord, I was uh, 19 years old and really was selling out to God. And and uh, part of my testimony, there was a saying that we said back in those days that unless you're my age, you may not know it because I haven't heard it since then. But we used to say something like this, man, I was stuck on stupid. Y'all remember that? We're going back to the 90s with that one. I was stuck on stupid. And every time I would tell my testimony and share some of the things, I always said that phrase in those days. I said, I was stuck on stupid. And what I meant by stuck on stupid is I just continually made stupid decisions. I was stuck on stupid. I would get over one bad decision And then I would get right back stuck on stupid with another bad decision. And you know what? I think it's funny that that phrase has kind of, I don't know, disappeared. But there's a lot of people that still were stuck in the 90s and were stuck on stupid. You know what I mean? There's some of us that are still making the same mistakes that we've been making for years. And so I want to encourage you today. We're going to break down. um, Last week, Pastor Joshua preached on the first three chapters of Proverbs. Um, which I thought was done excellently because it's really hard to do expository on Proverbs because it's not really an expository book. It's a whole bunch of list, a little bit of nuggets of wisdom here and there. But I want to read something that he did read last week again because the whole theme of Proverbs is found in the very first chapter. And it's chapter uh, 1 through the first seven verses. And it says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance, for understanding Proverbs and parables and sayings and riddles, of the wise. And then the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the theme of Proverbs is to gain wisdom and knowledge and understanding, but fools despise 
wisdom. And it says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And you guys have heard me speak about the fear of the Lord because I feel like the fear of the Lord is something that we have lost as an American culture in the church. The fear of the Lord is not to be afraid of God because in God, perfect love drives out fear. But the fear of the Lord is to be afraid to be without God, is to be afraid to continue in our sin. The fear of the Lord is a reverence and an awe and a respect. And we need that in the church again. But fools despise the fear of the Lord. And so as I was praying, I came across some things in my study that there's actually five different Hebrew words for fools. Now, for you Bible scholars in here, you may already know that the Old Testament was not written in the, in the king's English or the queen's English. It was written in Hebrew. And the New Testament in Greek. And so, um, sometimes, like my kids right now, they're studying, they're, they're learning Latin at their school. And sometimes a word in Latin can mean multiple different words in English. Or this is what we have here for, they use the word fool, um, in English, but it's multiple different meanings in Hebrew. And so, we're gonna break down the five different Hebrew words for fool, because I believe God wants us to gain understanding and wisdom. But in order to do that, sometimes we need to realize what's holding us back from understanding and wisdom. And oftentimes what's holding us back is foolish decisions. So we're going to break those down, five types of fools in the book of Proverbs. Yeah. And the cool thing about this is the five types of fools in the book of Proverbs is kind of a progression. It kind of starts where you're just a little foolish till by the time you get to the fifth level, it's like all the way flat out stuck on stupid fool. You know? And so isn't that like how sin is? Come on, when we, t- when we teach our kids to, you know, just say no to drugs, don't we tell them that you start, you know, you might think it's okay to start smoking a little po- bit of pot, but then once you start smoking that, you know, you might want to have more of a tasting and a craving, and then you start getting into the heavier things. Isn't that kind of how things work? You might say, oh, it's okay, Christian, you can just have a little bit of drink. But then all of a sudden, you, you realize you got an addictive personality and addiction runs in your, in your family and just that little bit of wine that you thought was going to be okay. Now all of a sudden, you're full blown into alcoholism again. Isn't that how the enemy works? He tempts us with just a little, oh, it's going to be okay. Just take one little piece of pie. And the next thing you know, you would done ate that whole thing. Or what about this? I'm just going to spend just a little bit. And then the next thing you know, oh my goodness, I don't spend all my grocery money. I told my husband the other day, it, it was a bad month for me in October. I just had a spend frenzy, man. I, I accidentally, I thought I was doing the right thing, right? So I signed up for this thing online for, come on, Janelle, you're going to film me on this. $9.99 pair of boots. Not these ones. I got these ones too. I got like three boots last it was terrible, right? So I'm like, but who can resist $9.99 in season? This is not Clarence. This is this year's season boots. So I had to do it. So I signed up. Never have signed up for anything online because I'm kind of old school and I don't really know how to buy things online. So I, I accidentally kind of bought this online, not knowing that I signed up for a, a thing that now I get a pair of boots every single month for $39.99. Oops. I said, babe, I kind of felt like Aaron. Like I had the gold. I put it in up. I'll pop the calf, you know, like, oh my goodness, I didn't know. But <laughs> isn't that how sin is? That's a silly story. That's a goofy story. But isn't that how sin is? It's, we have this little bit, right? And it's like, oh, we can handle this little bit. But then that little bit becomes so big. Well, that's the progression of fools that we see in the book of Proverbs when you break it down in the Hebrew language. And so we're going to break down the five types of fools. Say five types, five types. of fools. All right. Number one is the simple fool. And guys, I'm going to have fun with this because these are all going to start with S's. You know how I love things to start with the same letter. So they're all started with S's. The simple fool. Say simple. Yeah, the simple fool. Let's, let's learn about the simple fool. Now, I believe this fool, we've all been at least a time or two in our life. Okay, so we're going to learn from this. Proverbs 22 Verse 3 says, the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. The Hebrew word for simple fool is pethi. The root word from which it is derived implies extreme vulnerability, literally meaning to open up. The simple fool has a mind to any passing thought and opens his arms to any passing stranger. In other words, He lacks discernment. Say discernment. Discernment. Oh, the church is lacking discernment in our today 
in our day and age. We are lacking discernment, friends. We need discernment. My um, one of my children came in the house the other day and they said something or other. And then they said, I can't get away with anything because if I try to say something, the dad's going to come down and say, I discern this and I'm going to be caught. Parents, we need discernment. Our kids are getting away with too much nowadays and we need discernment. If you're a parent in here, say, I want discernment. No matter what stage in life, if you're a grandparent, if you're single and, and, and not having, if you're married with no kids, it doesn't matter. We need discernment. Friends, the simple fool opens his mind to any passing thoughts and opens his arms to any passing strangers because he does not have discernment. See, a characteristics of a simple fool are this. <clears throat> they believe every word. They look for a leader. They're ignorant of the cause and effect. Come on. Is this kind of reminding us of teenagers here? I love teenagers, but for real. Cause and effect, that's a hard thing for teenagers to grasp a hold of. You know, it is. They're ignorant of cause and effect. It's co- and they're corrupted by scorning fools, which we're going to get into. I'm just giving you a little taste, but we're going to get into it. Fools that are deeper in their foolishness corrupt the simple fools, okay? Because they're always looking for someone to guide them and lead them. And they lack discernment and discipline. Basically, they are immature. Can you say immature? Oh, friends, immature Christians. Oh, we need to grow in the Lord. We need to grow in the things of the Lord because immaturity is going to hold us back and it's going to keep us stuck on stupid. And I want to be free from stupid. Amen. I want to be free from being a simple fool in any kind of area in my life. So he, uh, the simple fool has an oversimplified view of life and fails to recognize the cause and effect sequence that affects every area of life. Because a simple fool is not discerning, he is easily captivated by all kinds of enticements and deceptions. He's dangerously immature, extremely gullible. Mm, Can we say naive? And he's intensely curious. Curiosity, kill the cat. That's not in the book of Proverbs, but that is a good old wife's tale. (laughs) In the absence of instruction and and consistent discipline, the simple fool will naturally become more foolish. The simple fool is just going to become more foolish unless he gets discipline and instruction. This is the thing. Scorning fools, which we're going to get into here later, they will seek out simple fools to become their heroes. They will seek them out because they want to be their leader. And so, therefore, to protect the simple fool from destructive influence of the scorning fool, it's critical to bring swift correction to the, to, to the scorning fool as an example, and it's critical to bring swift correction to the simple fool so they will stop their foolishness. The Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child. And what that means is, if you love your son or daughter, you're going to discipline them. The Bible says, smite a scorner and the simple will be aware. Sometimes we need to learn from other people's mistakes. And so if you if you have a child and you've noticed that they have a little bit of foolishness, but they're attracted to bigger fools than themselves. Sometimes they need to be aware of their mistakes. See, when I was a child and I had some foolishness, I had and I don't, I don't mean this in any disrespectful way, but I had a cousin who had even more foolishness and, and made a lot of mistakes. And the mistake they, they end up getting pregnant at 13 and had their third child by 17. Now, that's all underneath. That's all underneath the blood now you know they're they're grown and i'm not judging them for that i don't even know if they're saved really at this point but that it's the sin is not in the baby it's in the sex before marriage okay but that foolishness behavior scared the mess out of me i said oh my people are fertile i got to be careful (laughs) i am not messing with that Uh uh-uh i mean i was like come on and i wasn't like the you know people back in my mom's days who thought if they french kissed someone they would get pregnant but i almost was afraid that way right i almost thought if i french kissed someone i might get pregnant because that's how fertile we are you know what i mean i had learned from her mistake and friends we need to help our young people who have foolishness because it is natural for a child to have foolishness It is natural for a child to be lacking in discernment because they are young and not wise yet. It is natural for a child to be curious because because they have not they're not grown yet. And so we need to teach them. Some parents try to shield their children so much from the world that they're not teaching them how to resist the temptation. 
One of my children learned how to say the cuss word because they were learning how to read. And we were at a, a park and they sound out, eh, I'm not going to say the rest. Y'all get the picture. And they came to me and they're like, oh, I cuss. And I said, oh, well, oh, you did? He said, I didn't mean to. I was sounding out a word. Come look. It's right here. I said, oh, okay. And I said the word. I said, you know what that means? It's a cuss word. It's the B word. I said, do you know what it means? And we had a conversation from there, how, how this word is used to uh, uh, belittle and disrespect women and how we should never use this word because we honor and respect the women in our lives. And had a conversation. As a matter of fact, now this child knows a lot more things. And we're, we were talking the other day, and Josh and I were talking about the word, I don't know, we talk about weird things. We were talking about the worst cuss word you can say and stuff. And, and then that child remembered that little B word, and they said, is it the B word? I said, well, according to some, it's the C word. <laughs> and then they're like, and so I told them what the C word was. That's a 1970s word. I would not even mention that word, right? You guys, some of you guys know what that is. And I was being silly because, because, or, or being goofy. And after I read, read what silly is, I don't want to say that word anymore. <laughs> but I had a conversation again. And then I was laughing. I said, you learn all your bad things from your mama, boy. <laughs> But listen, I want to have a conversation with my children. I don't want to just tell them, don't do that, and don't do that, and don't do that. And they don't know why they shouldn't do that. So then when they get to age, they're going to run and do that so they can see why we told them not to do it. I want to share the whole full counsel of God and say, this is why you shouldn't do it, because this is what happened. And matter of fact, look at this person and how they went down that road and see what happened. That's making an example of the scorning fool, because you don't want to be that. I tell my children, you don't want to have children outside of wedlock. Not because those babies aren't precious, because we want those babies to grow up and be precious. But because the number one cause of poverty in America is children outside of wedlock, and you got a lot of things to do with your life. You don't want to be a 13-year-old mama. You don't want to be a 14-year-old daddy. Friends, we've got to teach our children and stop being so afraid of the world that we're not teaching them to resist temptation. And that we're not teaching them to be wise. And one of the most important things for the simple fool, because listen, and it's not just for children. I want to talk to adults. There's some immature Christians in here. I'm not going to point any elbows. You know who you are. <laughs> There's some immature Christians in here who've been coming to the, to the church. And you could say, I, I've been to church since 1985. It doesn't matter if you're not applying it to your life. If you come in here on Sunday and say amen and then leave out on Monday and your Facebook page is all kinds of crazy. Stuck on stupid. Come on. It's immature Christians. And guess what? That foolishness is going to attack immature Christians. That's why it's important to, to guard who we get our influence from and who we hang around. And so I have a picture here, if you want to show it, of Jesus and squad goals. You guys have heard about that, right? Squad goals, winning souls and making disciples together. That's the people I want to be around. Squad goals. I have people, oh, I don't have any Christian friends. Are you winning? Are you winning souls and making disciples together? Because if you want me to be your friend and all, all I got to do is get you saved every day, I really don't have time to be your friend if that's all it's about. Get yourself right and we can have a squad, okay? But if it's constantly, oh, I'm in constant crisis, that makes people want to burn out. But if you get yourself up and say, I'm done with this, this foolishness in my life and I'm ready to do something, right? When we came together and we were ready, man, we had a bunch of young adults and nobody, someone said, oh, but that's because you had this person leading you. Listen, no, that person didn't do holy nothing with us. We didn't have a pastor that, that came over our house every time we had a, a crisis. It was, we got together and said, enough of all that. I'm ready to be for real with Jesus. And there was a group of us and we were like anti-dating. We're like, oh no, I'm not. We were like kiss dating goodbye and we're like, Psh, no, I'm not dating unless it's my husband. I'm too busy. I'm too busy about the kingdom business. And instead of going to clubs, we went outside of clubs and shared the, well, shared Jesus with people. We was, we weren't like, oh, let's taste sin. Let's see how it tastes and feels. No, we we're like, let's taste and see that God is real and let's have a sweet, squad goes friends and this is what we need to do we need to we need to set an example to our children we want them to make christian friends well do you have christian friends or do you get together with your sisters and all you do is gossip or do you get together with your brothers and all you do is drink and watch football together don't tell them they need to make christian friends when you are not even living the life yourself mike drop i love y'all man i love y'all though for real i love y'all okay move on say simple fool all right, so if you want to safeguard yourself from those 
that you love and yourself from becoming a simple fool. Two things is needed. Say discernment, discernment. discipline. A discerning son heeds instruction. Discernment is given by God through the Holy Spirit and is received through God's word. Friends, we need discernment. Whoever loves discipline, loves knowledge. Whoever hates correction is stupid. I love that proverb. Man, people hate correction. The Bible says if you hate correction, you're stupid, friends. I don't want to be stupid. Do you want to be stupid? So when your mommy and daddy correct you, teenagers, receive that because you don't want to be stupid. And listen, when Abba Daddy corrects us, adults, we don't want to be stupid. And guess what? Abba Daddy sometimes corrects us through his word. Sometimes he corrects us through a brother or sister in the Lord. Sometimes he even uses your pastor. Can you believe that? Mm, I can't believe what Pastor Josh told me. Maybe you needed to hear it. Don't be stupid and hate correction. Amen. So tips to overcome the simple fool. Give training in wisdom. We need to train people in wisdom. Amen. We need to have parents lead and praise. When you see your children do something good, praise them for it. When you see them doing something stupid, correct them for it. Teach principles of life. Tell how scorners, those the fools that are even more stuck in their foolishness, are punished. Make godly friends. Encourage your children to make godly friends. And teach discernment and discipline. Amen? All right, the next progression or the next level of foolishness is the silly fool. That's why I, I say that word silly all the time. And after reading that, I'm like, oh, I got to get that word out of my, my vocabulary. Because the silly fool, and this is from the Hebrew, friends. A Hebrew word that refers to a silly fool is evil. Kind of almost sounds like evil, huh? It's a definition uh, is to be perverse and silly. Silly. Stuck on stupid, right? Naive. Empty-headed. Characteristics of a silly fool are they seek a good time. They they, uh, they have fun breaking rules. They're committed to wrong friends, and but they still have a guilt of wrongdoings. There's still hope for the silly fool. As we get in deeper in the progressions of fools, we'll notice that it's, it's harder to, to win them over to the wisdom side of things. But there's still hope for the silly fool. A silly fool a lot of times is just a man pleaser. <clears throat> Just a man pleaser. They just want to have a good time. The mouth of the silly fool is often what gets them in trouble. I want to talk to you, friends. If you got a big mouth, please let your ears perk up. I had to listen to this because when I was looking into the fools, I said this was the foolishness that I got into the most because I have a big mouth. Can you believe that? And if you have a big mouth and you open it from time to time and occasionally insert your foot into your mouth. Oh, none of y'all ever do that. That's just me up here. Come on, right? If you occasionally insert your foot into your mouth, if you say, if you occasionally word vomit on somebody, you know what word vomit is? You just say, oh, I just had a vent. No, no. What you just did was gossip and slander. That wasn't venting. Right? Friends, if you have a big mouth, then you need to listen up. Because Proverbs 20, uh, verse 3 says, it's to one's honor to avoid strife. But every fool is quick to quarrel. Oh, man, that fool is quick to get the last word. I got to get the last word. It's just who I am. But I got to tell them about themselves. See, that's when I mess up. When I mess up is, is I can keep self-control over my mouth most of the time. But every once in a while, someone says something that's just so off. That I just feel like I just got to tell them about themselves. Anyone else? I just got to let them know of their foolishness and I'm going to become a fool to let them know about their foolishness. Do you see how, how, how crazy and backwards that is? It says it is to one's honor to avoid strife. You just, but man, their political party is so messed up and I just need to let them know. I promise I didn't mean to look at someone. <laughs> Come on, friends, right? That person, I just got to let them know. Well, there's a way of letting people know things in love. We don't have to become a fool to let someone know that they're in error. I want to talk to women for a minute. Are the ladies in the house said, ladies? Oh, I love y'all. Ladies, I got to talk to you for a minute. I did a Monday motivational on this um, last week, and I usually only do like three to six minutes, and it was 12 minutes. But y'all got to go back and listen to that because it, it was for you, ladies. 
Proverbs 14.1 says, The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. And when I looked up that word foolish in the strongest concordance, can you guess what kind of fool this foolish woman who tears down her own house is? A silly fool. Silly little rabbit. <laughs> Tricks are for kids. Oh, come on, women. Come on. Sometimes in our silliness, our mouth can vomit. And the ones we love the most, we just sliced and diced them all up. <sighs> but we had to tell them about themselves. Oh, come on, ladies. We're called to build up our house. Don't you know, wives and mothers, you are the one that sets the tone for your house. What do they say? A happy wife is a happy life. Doesn't the book of Proverbs say it's better to live on the corner of a roof than with a nagging wife? If you notice that your husband always wants to work and never wants to come home, well, maybe, friends, there's a reason for that. Some of you women are like, but I just can't get him to go to work. Maybe you're too nice. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just kidding, ladies. I'm just kidding. But seriously, we need to be careful to build up the ones we love. And guess what? If you have fallen into being a silly fool in your family and you've messed up, there's grace for you. Say those three words that taste so nasty coming out of your mouth. I am sorry. Go to the one that you've word vomited on, whether it be your son. See, because I, I went years of being saved without ever even letting a cuss word slip out my mouth until I married Josh Hester. And then, oh, my goodness, I said, I didn't even know that was in there still. I was trying to go through deliverance. I was trying to get a demon of cussing out. I mean, I was trying everything, and I realized this is flesh, friends, and I've got to crucify it. And then here comes the teenage years. And I just sometimes want to smack someone on the back of their head more times than they should be. A couple smacks is okay, but when you go too much at it, man, that's borderline abuse. Come on, friends. We need to be careful. We need to be careful to build our house up, to not only call out the sin, but call out the gifts and, and awesome things that you see in your children. Call out the gifts and awesome things that you see in your husband. Because a silly bo- a silly fool believes that his own way of thinking is right, according to Proverbs 12, 15. So much so that he reacts to instruction and when offended. Friends, we need to stop reacting to correction and we need to respond in a godly way. This means we need to learn to be quicker to listen and slower to speak. This, this applies to all of us, friends. We need to be quicker to listen and slower to speak. This is why it's so important to go to a church that not only gives you the warm, fuzzy feelings inside, but preaches against sin. Oh, the church in America just wants everyone to be so comfortable, warm, and fuzzy with their nice coffee and their nice buildings and their nice everything that we have gone away from holiness we have gone away from true righteousness we've gone away from wisdom friends we have got to learn to say yes i want instruction yes i want correction because if you are not corrected by god the bible says you are an illegitimate child you're not even his son or daughter So if you think you're just walking on rainbows and skipping on clouds and running through uh, flowers and everything's all good and you can't receive any kind of correction for your life, friends, you don't want to be illegitimate. You want to be the real deal. Say, I want to be the real deal. So I'm going to receive my correction. How many of us want to put our big girl pants on, our big boy pants on right now and say, I'm going to receive correction? Say, I'm going to be determined not to get offended the next time I'm corrected. I'm going to say thank you. I'm going to say thank you. That person, you know the Bible says wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Why do we want someone to come around us? You're so perfect in all your ways. When you know there's some mess that needs to get right. A true friend's going to kindly and lovingly tell you the truth. So tips to overcome being a silly fool. You want these tips today, friends? Get plugged into a church that preaches the whole truth of the word of God, which means preaching against sin. Oh, man, sometimes Pastor Josh and Pastor Joy, they're too harsh. That's because we love y'all. We love y'all. So we got to preach against sin. And more than we love you, we love God, and we got to give up an account one day. So I'm not about the feel goods and the fuzzy feelings. I'm about the righteous life. 
So the next time the devil says, man, that's too harsh. I don't want to receive that. You say, get behind me, devil, and thank you, God, that you love me enough. Amen. We need to train ourselves to receive correction even when it's hard. Train ourselves. Friends, when I came into, um, came into being sold out, I remember I had this, uh, I was 19 years old <laughs> and uh, was in the University of Toledo and I came to some service and I had this skirt on that I thought was fabulous and it came down to the floor so I thought I was doing really great about that. But it was a little bit of a hip hugger if you know what I mean. And I had a friend that came to me after church and said, I saw some teenage boys looking at your behind. That skirt was a little bit too tight. Ooh, I was so offended. How My skirt touched the ground. How dare she? She's just jealous. I, yeah, I was snobby like that back in those days. I was so mad. I was so angry. I went home and I was venting to uh, one of my friends, my, my good friend, I had word vomit because she was supposed to say, yes, you're right. You're beautiful. And she's jealous. Your skirt was awesome. But instead she said, man, the Bible says if anything causes someone to sin, you should cut it off. I was like, am I supposed to? I don't know how to cut my hips and butt off. I don't know. I've been trying for years. I don't know. I mean, I was so mad. I didn't even want to receive her. I'm just being real, guys. Like, oh, my goodness, this story is just too much. But listen, I was angry. And then she said, Joy, how hard is it to just put a different skirt on? If it. And so, man, I said, you're right. I repented. I told that friend of mine who was just looking out, I received your correction. I threw bags of clothes away. That was borderline. I said, I would never be a granny dresser, but I can do better than this. I'm not going frumpy, but I can do better than this. Come on, friends. We've got to train ourselves to receive correction, even when it angers us, even when it makes us mad. Oh, they don't know my life. They're only saying that because they're perfect. I'm going to tell you right now, Josh Hesser is not the perfect man. I know y'all think I just got it all together. And I am not the perfect woman. He may be close, though, baby, but not perfect. (laughs) Jab him and kiss him. That's how you do it, ladies. Take notes. (laughs) We got to train ourselves to receive correction. Say, train myself to receive correction. You want to have a dog, a, a dog dare, double dog dare today? Say, I want a double dog dare today. Come on, y'all, we're going old school. Who wants a double dog dare today? Oh, y'all scared. Raise your hand if you want a double dog dare today, okay? The next time you're corrected, I double dog dare you to say thank you to the person. Thank you for loving me enough. Thank you. Thank you. And then here, we need to also be trained to be givers, not takers, because the the silly fool is a taker. Taker, taker, taker. We need to train them to be givers, not takers. We need to inform parents and authorities of their misdeeds and separate from wrong friends, and we need to help to gain a clear conscience. Number three, the next type of fool, and we're going even deeper here, is the sensual fool. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go through these next ones a little bit quicker because the first two are easier to correct. These ones are harder to get right. They're a higher level of progression progression of foolishness. So I'm just going to hit it to you, okay? You ready? Seatbelts. There we go. The sensual fool, one who rejects correction of parents and other authorities and will become a sensual fool. This type of fool is identified in Scripture with the Hebrew word kesel, which means fat, silly, or stupid. Basically, you went from simple to stupid. And the progression of, of fools. Some characteristics of a sensual fool, they sneak out with wrong friends, involved in drugs and wrong bad habits, engages in immorality of sexual sin, fleshy, carnal people who do whatever they want to do. They have no self-control and they're skilled in deception. Basically, they're a carnal Christian at best and just a flat-out fleshy sinner at worst. The sensual fool is a person who seems to determined to make wrong choices. He does not have a mental deficiency. Stupid is, a stupid does. He doesn't have anything mentally wrong with him. But rather, he rejects the wisdom of God. The sensual fool focuses on what brings him immediate pleasure. He glories in what, he glories in that in which he should be ashamed. Calling, as the Bible says, that which is righteous, evil, and that which is evil, righteous. Do we live in a generation like this, friends? 
sensual fools, always wanting to be pleased. It's all about, do I feel good? God wants me happy. If I hear that one more time, I'm going to throw up. Seriously, God wants you holy. God wants you in right standing with him. There is a joy of the Lord, and that's good stuff, friends. And we do say there's not no there's there's no high like a Holy Ghost high, and that's good stuff too, friends. But God, He cares more about your insides than just your happiness. See, the sensual fool it says says in Proverbs ten twenty three, it is a sport to a fool to do mischief. A sensual fool is unreasonable. Unfortunately, because a sensual fool is unreasonable, it is hard to persuade them. It's hard to give advice. Well-meaning friends try to come and, and convince this fool of their ears, and it's hard for them to receive it. That's why some, I encourage people to, as the Bible says and Paul says, to avoid foolish debates. So, friends, on Facebook, man, sometimes we got to be careful on those foolish debates because in our entertaining of our of these arguments, it can help. It can cause us to end up being a fool ourselves. And so, but the sensual fool, that carnal fool, does not want to change. Scriptures give more warning about the sensual fool than any other type of fool. His motives and his methods are subtle, and he should be avoided because those who follow him will be led astray. The Bible says, "A companion of fools." Shall be destroyed. Proverbs 13, 20. Friends, parents, if you see your friends, you oh, I can't choose my kids' friends. Bull to the crap. Yes, you can. If you see your kids, and it starts young. I My one daughter, she is just the, well, my only daughter, so I guess you know who I'm talking about. She, she just really loves God. And she's a very sweet-spirited thing. But because she is more weaker-willed, she gives into things that she shouldn't because she loves people. And I, there's a certain friend that she's never had her, I've never seen her really come home with her feelings as her as with this certain friend. I said, you know what, honey, and I'm teaching her now because I learned way later in life. I said, there's different levels of friendships. This can be in a friend that you are kind to, that can be an acquaintance, but you cannot let this little girl into your heart because she needs some growing up to do and she's hurting your feelings way too much. Friends, we got to be careful. We cannot, we have to sometimes turn people over to their wicked ways so that they can learn on their own the hard way. But if you see your children hanging out with fools that are to the next level of foolishness, that sensual, that, that carnal, that flat, fleshy kind of fool, friends, you need to, you need to warn and you need to pull them away. I am so grateful that my mom was over the top and broke me up with a drug dealer when I was 15 years old and sent me away to live with a pastor. I hated her at the time. I wrote so many poems. That's before the coolest spoken word. I didn't know I could put that to a beat. I could have been a rapper. Anyway. Oh, I was so angry. And then, man, she was on t- And that's before the Internet. My, my mom and my mom was a worldwide net before it was a worldwide net. My, this woman knew everything. I mean, she had a GPS on me before there were GPSs. I mean, I had to take a note from class to class. I mean, I would try to talk to them in the hallway. A teacher or a, hard, a hall guard would come out. And, oh, your mama said no. Oh, I got busted every time. I couldn't stand her for it. But I'm so thankful because the Lord showed me in 2013 when I was on my deathbed and I really literally uh, thought I was something at that time. And I was mad at God, mad at the church, mad at all y'all. You guys just didn't know it. <laughs> mad at myself, mad at the world. And God said, gave me a picture of a, a, someone in my family that is just far out in the world and said, you would have been just like that if it was not for my grace. For the same grace that saves you can keep you. But sometimes we got to learn the hard way. And we just want to, we want to counsel, uh, we want to counsel foolishness out of a child. And sometimes it just can't happen. They just need to learn. Man, oh, yes, that's right. The raw dries the folly out, not, oh, baby girl, it's okay that you sin over and over and over again. One time someone came to me. They were pregnant outside of wedlock for, um, who knows, what number of time? And I said to him, when are you going to stop sinning? Oh, but Pastor Joy, that is so harsh in me. I know it's not that baby's fault. And we're going to love that baby and we're going to do what good by that baby. But when are you going to stop sinning? I love y'all. Come on. I love y'all. How to conquer the central fool? Turn over to the court system. Learn to receive real consequences from their actions. Conquer the root problems. 
Break wrong soul ties. Avoid hanging around with fools. Learn to flee from sexual sin and other fleshly desires. Run, Forrest, run. Can you say it with me? Run, Forrest, run. The Bible says that we are to flee from sexual sin. Listen. Um, Samson with his long, beautiful hair, he wasn't fleeing. He's like, oh, yes, Delilah, touch my hair, you know, make me feel good. He should have been running from Delilah. Joseph, he was looking good, too. He was a strapping young man, and that older Kugler woman, man, she wanted a piece of that. But the only piece she got was his coattail because he ran. We need to run from sexual sin. And, boys, let me talk to you. I did not realize this until... I'm starting to get an older, good look. And my children is good looking because, I mean, (laughs) okay. I'm like, you got to run. You got to run from that. Because we teach our children, we don't want you dating until you're 17 years old. Unless you're super duper mature and, you know, I'll let you go at TCS because I'll let you go to the different homecomings and things in groups of people. But, and I I want you to date before you're 18 because I want you to learn some, if you're going to learn mistakes, I want you to still be in my house. But I don't want you dating at 13 because what is the point? for you and your date oh no i could barely afford to go on a date with my husband i am not using my extra money to pay for you to take a little girl out now what is the point listen it's natural young people to have crushes and to like people that's healthy it's okay y'all can have a crush on my son but you ain't getting nothing from him until he's 17 and you better have your life right because you got to go through an interview process background check <laughs> oh my son is gonna be so mad at me i love you i love you baby i love you your dad's preaching next week it'll be better <laughs> listen friends we gotta have real consequences and we gotta break soul ties some of you say well it's too late for me <laughs> i already long time ago gave that piece of, up uh, up listen when i married my husband he said he was a born-again virgin he made mistakes early on but he broke those soul ties, and I made him go down to the clinic and get checked before we got married. I ain't playing. Respect yourself, ladies. You are daughters of the Most High God. Respect yourself, men. The Bible says if you lay with a prostitute, you are no better than a prostitute. Respect yourselves. And if you made mistakes, it's not too late. Break the soul ties. Break it. Break the soul ties. In the name of Jesus, I break that soul. Oh, I keep going back to this loser. Have you broken the soul tie? No, I just love him. I just want to get him saved. No, 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 no. That's not how he gets saved. There's no such thing as missionary dating. I tried it and I was thought I was good and it did not work. Break the soul tie. Amen. Okay, fourth one. And we're going to, we're going to go quick here. Fourth one. The scorning fool. The Hebrew word denote, denotes a scorning fool is a loot. I don't know. Am I saying that right, Sherry? I did. I said it right. Loot. Like boots, but with an L. <laughs> That's a scorning fool. He mean, he, it means to make mouth at, to scoff, to mock, to ridicule. The scorning fool's facial expressions communicate his disdain and, and content that he has in his heart toward authorities, including parents, civil authorities, and God. Put it to the next one. Controlling my tongue is no problem. It's my face that needs deliverance. Give your craziest face. Look at your partner. Mm. Go ahead, Shua. It's going one time. I'm going to let you give me your face. Oh, you do better than that. I learned that one from my daddy. <laughs> Come on, it's my face that needs deliverance. Can someone say amen? amen? Listen, I can tell when people are mad at me. I go up and hug them and they're like, like I didn't take a shower that day or something. I'm like, oh, I must have said something or didn't say something or something. I don't know. We need to fix our face, friends. We need to fix our face. And you know why our face usually looks like that? Because our thought life is out of control. We're just entertaining every lie the devil tells us. Oh, she don't like me. She, the church doesn't love me. Oh, I'm just going to stay in my sin because no one cares and it's everybody else's fault but my own. Fix 
your thought life. Because you know what the scorning fool does? They go out and they mock the real deal. It was the scorning fools that, that put Jesus on the cross and said, come down from there if you're really God. And mocked the living God. Friends, we need to be careful when we have strife and contention and when we're always coming against our thor- uh, the authorities in our life, teenagers. Oh, my mom just doesn't love me. Your mom went through hours of labor for you. Are you kidding me? In the day and age that we have today, I, you, I, everyone who knows me knows I don't believe in abortion. But if your mom didn't love you, you probably wouldn't even be here. Your mom gave you life. Oh, friends, come on. We got to get it together. We got to get it together. Characteristics of a scorning fool, they get simple fools to do evil for them. They despise rules and authority. Someone told me, I'm not going to church. I don't like organized religion. I said, well, we're not organized. Come come over to us. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, we was getting here speaking in tongues over that the internet. Like, Lord Jesus, let it work. Barely made it to church on time myself today. Come on, friends. What it is is you don't like authority and you don't want no one telling you about yourself. A scorning fool creates unrest and contention. It's proud of evil exploits. Psalms 1, 1 describes the progression of foolishness, referring to a man who first walks in the counsel of the ungodly, then stands in the way of sinners and finally sits in the seat of the scornful, the lutes. The scorning fool utterly detests people and ideas that contradict his false thinking and express his scorn through uh, bad attitudes, behavior, and speeches. The scorning fool turns a deaf ear to rebuke, Proverbs 13.1. A wise son heeds the father's instructions, but mockers does not respond to rebukes. Friends, a scorning fool is a fault finder, one who takes pride in evil. They're ones who are always looking at someone else's faults. They're always criticizing, always coming against somebody, always got something to say. They, uh, they, they seem like they're intelligent, but they're really just puffed up full of themselves. He may, a, a scorning fool actually may attract people with his personality and, and with his rebellious speeches. But friends, we need to watch out. They have an ego and pride goes before destruction. He's a dangerous fool and we need to stay away from him. A scorning fool must be punished according to the scriptures. This is the scriptures. Don't be mad at me on this one. Read the book of Proverbs. This is what it says in 1925. Flog a mocker. And the simple will learn prudence. Rebuke the discerning and they will gain knowledge. How to overcome a scorning fool. You want to know how to overcome it? Confined and constant supervision. Learn from my mom and be the world wide web, man. It takes super, it takes super. Sometimes that, that's the one who has to hit rock bottom. That's the one that might have to go to jail. Public punishment for crimes. They need, it needs to be out there. It needs to be public. You know, the Bible says some, that in Matthew, following Matthew 18, that you're to bring correction to an individual, and then if they don't receive that correction, then you're to bring another one with you to correct. They don't receive that, and you bring it to the elders. Then you're supposed to take it in front of the whole church and say, this is what's going on. I remember when I was in church, uh, the pastor actually did that. It was about the, all this gossip stuff, and I had no idea what was going on. We don't ever get there anymore because as soon as you bring correction one time, they go fleeing to the church down the street. This one person, I saw them um, got baptized probably at 10 different churches. I said, I don't know, man, how many times they get dipped in the water if they're going to still walk walk on the cricket path when they get out from that water. We need, we need, sometimes there needs to be punishment when, when we fall. We don't like, man, we don't like un- feeling uncomfortable. Friends, sometimes we have to feel uncomfortable because if we don't embarrass sin, sin will embarrass you. Remove from con- contact with others, man. You need to get away from that scorning fool. Require hard work and restitution in order to move forward. The next type of fool to be aware of, and this is the highest level of foolishness, is the stubborn fool. Say stubborn fool. The stubborn fool is the worst kind of fool and usually cannot change unless by the power of God. The Hebrew word is nabal, and it means stupid 
or wicked, and it identifies the type of person. Elsewhere in the Old Testament, Nabal also is translated as a vile person. A stubborn fool totally rejects God in his ways. Psalms 14.1, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt, their deeds are vile, and there is no one who does good. Characteristics of a stubborn fool has a seared conscience. conscience. Believes it is right to do wrong, is skilled in arguing, seeks followers for self-gain. This type of fool is self-confident and closed-minded. He is his own God and freely gratifies his flesh. It is his goal to draw as many in as possible so that, that he can take them down the evil road with them. He attempts to reprove him, usually only brings frustration for the one who tried to bring correction. Only God can successfully reprove and correct a stubborn fool. I know because I've tried to correct some before and I just had to, the Lord one time told me, you have to release. And I had to release some people to the Lord that I was trying to hold on to, that I was trying to save like I died on the cross. I can't save them. I cannot want for someone more than they want for themselves. I can coach you. I can encourage you. I can say, come on, let's do it. But I can't make you do it. I am not a genie in a bottle that you can like, you know, you can get me to show up in your room and do devotions together every morning. But on Mondays, you can watch my Monday motivational on Facebook. Look me up, friends. But any other day, you ain't getting that. You got to get into the word yourself. And we can't want for someone more than they want for themselves. And friends, that's hard when you love somebody. Only God can successfully reprove a stubborn fool. Tips in dealing with a stubborn fool, pray. Pray. Prayer moves God, and God can move the heart of a stubborn fool. You got to pray. You got to pray. And tip number two, refuse to engage in arguments with this person. It's like throwing your pearls to swine. But we also, number three, need to warn others of that error. Foolishness is a sin, and we need to be aware of the fact that sin is foolishness. Like I said, if you don't embarrass sin, sin will embarrass you, and it will grow, and it will progress, and it will take you out. Sin will keep you longer than you want to say, and it will take you in deeper places than you ever wanted to go, friends. Eve was deceived by the first command, uh, the first thing did God really say, and that's what foolishness always says to us. But did God really say that? When foolishness is to argue with God on what is right. Friends, we've got to get it together to, in today's day and age because foolishness is all around us. But there is hope in Christ. Solomon asked for wisdom, but he didn't apply it to our, our life, his life. We need to ask for wisdom and we need to apply it. Would you stand to your feet with me? And I need my leaders. We're going to receive, uh, we're going to take communion today. I need my um, three couples or whoever it is that's uh, doing communion.